welcome, Poonam. I'm so happy you're on the podcast. It's amazing because you're one of the few people that I can relate to so much because you're an international Ada too. And yeah, you maybe want to introduce yourself, where you are, what your major is, your pronouns, whatever you would tell somebody when you meet them in the first five minutes? Oh, that is a really deep question. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Anne. Um, well, my name is Poonam. Uh, the H doesn't sound, and written in a French way, but the H doesn't sound in there. And uh, I am from Cambodia, first-generation college student in my family, and I major in government and women and gender study. And uh, this is my last semester at Smith. Oh, man. Yeah. Are you excited? Very excited. And at the same time, also worried because, you know, like I have planned for the future, but it's I'm like, will I make it there? I don't know. But I'm working on it. And I keep reminding myself that it's not about the goal. It's about having fun from how you get from point A to point B. Do you have any fun time in between? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I every time I run into you, you're working hard and like <laughs> the only time Poonam and I all see each other is in the library. So I feel like you're doing good. I'm just here to be in the studio and get the food on, during lunch. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe to print something, but that's really it. Thank um, you. Thank you. That's, I think, super interesting that you're from Cambodia. And I just want to dive into that directly because you're also in this non-traditional program here. And I just want to, and I actually don't know this about you, how when you were in school in Cambodia, was it always your dream to study in the U.S.? Or did you ever think about studying at all? Did you think about studying in Cambodia? Like, what was that whole process like for you? It is a long process. And, you know, one thing I like about the ADA communities is that everyone had a life before. Mm -hmm. They have a whole career. They have a whole life. But then something interrupted. And then they have to come back to school and start a new thing, start, you know, a new journey. So that's what I like about the ADA. And yeah. you, I think you can relate too, right? Yeah. As an ADA yourself. So, well, I had a different life. I was a circus artist the whole life. I joined the circus in Cambodia. There's a nonprofit school. They have like poor kids and kids who are like in danger. If not, if they're not in school, their life will be, you know, not good. So I grew up really, you know, in a difficult place in a lot of uh, with a lot of Cambodian kids in my village. So then I joined the circus and I uh, started at what eight years old. So I was a circus artist for a long time, from 8 to 25. Wow. And yeah, that was like a whole life. But I never actually gave up on school. I always, there's always a thing in me, like my mom always told me that when she was alive, when I was a kid, she's like, you know, uh, education is the only weapons that can protect you. Mm -hmm. You know, if you know a skill, if you are educated, nobody gonna steal it from you. Even if your house burned down, it's not gonna burn with the house. You're still gonna have it in you. So you have to study. You have to work hard. So I would go to the circus all day, and then I would go and study English in the, in the evening, ride my bike two, three miles away, and come back. And I would do that all the time. And so I always, like, try to put myself in the circus while performing full-time, but at the same time also going to school, making sure that I go to school and learning at the same time. So I know that the circus is not going to be forever because I'm, you know, growing older. And then if I get injured and stuff, I will never be able to do it. And then, yes, I got injured. 
And then in 2009, I got injured. My wrist, the right hand side, is still hurt in the winter. It's really pain. I don't want surgery. So I was thinking about, you know, studying abroad and see, um, you know, who's going to sponsor me. Because as a Cambodian passport is very weak, mm-hmm. unlike American passport or Western passport, yeah. we cannot just go anywhere we want. Uh, we need a sponsor. We need some sort of money and stuff to get a visa. So I originally wanted to go to France because I've been to France many times with the tour, but I couldn't find anyone to sponsor me. And then I found a sponsor in Madison, Wisconsin in 2016. And I came and lived with them, and then it turned out to be a nightmare. But um, Oh, my. I mean, there's yeah. just so much. I was, <laughs> so like, much I was thinking right now, where do I even start to yeah. ask my questions? Because I think there... I'm going to come back to Wisconsin in a little bit, but I think you explained why people joined the circus in Cambodia and that you studied afterwards. So two questions here. Yeah. How was the actual process of, like, starting in the circus? Like, as an eight-year-old, you don't think, like, oh, there's a circus I want to join. And then also, while you were in the circus, how did you study English? Like, was it in a class? Was it you reading books? Like, how were yeah. the details about that? Well, so the the school is called Far Punlusalapak. It's mean the brightness of the art. And it still exists mm-hmm. in Cambodia in my hometown so I was like a poor kid running around and working as a you know I, I would do any job I can you know go into people's houses and clean or go trash picking or mm-hmm. anything I can to make money so one day there's a social worker who comes to my village and then she's just like oh there is a, this program that you can go there's a school for free and they give you food so you know my eight years old self just like damn food I'm hungry I want food so uh, I did not think about the circus I did not think about any school at all I went too far because I want food and true to their word they give us lunch and they give us snack mm-hmm. in the in the afternoon and then they make a shower and then they make us uh, take a nap <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah so you're like, like I want that I want that yeah. yeah food and a place to nap and then so and then I I um uh, slowly join the circus and I, I love it because I see people like jumping around and juggling one and two and three balls and doing mm-hmm. handstand and then I heard that they could if you do well you can make money you mm-hmm. can perform on stage and people will you know look at you and applaud you and if you do really well you could go and travel to France and I'm like I want all of that so then I put myself in there and work hard every day training a lot and then they also said that you know, there are some free English classes for kids. So I would go and learn, you know, an hours a day. So like four hours a week for free. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there's also a program at the temple, which is like two, three, two, three miles away from the school. But because I was so busy in training and while doing my general education at the same time at public school, so I couldn't find a time to study English. But then at the temple, as it has all in our culture, in the temple, it has always been a place where people go learn about the knowledge, about Buddhism, about other things. But in modern day, the monk who learn English and really good in it, they give lesson. So it was $1 a month. Wow. So I would pay $1 a month and I go study from 5 to 6 p.m. in the evening. Wow. And you started, um, because you said you started the circus as an eight-year-old, did you start English lessons at the same time, or did that come a little bit later? It's come a little bit later. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes yeah. sense to get adjusted to it first. Yeah. Like, yeah. But it was fun. 
I mean, it sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. That's so, it's very inspiring though, too, because obviously I grew up very differently. I can't imagine being an eight-year-old and thinking like, okay, I, I want to join the circus for this and this and this reason because that's not given and, you know, you're working um, to get that and to have like this thought process as an eight-year-old. And you also mentioned France. You went with the circus to France? Yeah, I my first trip was 2009. Mm -hmm. And we stayed you know, the whole summer, not only France, but we went to Europe. I went to Germany Ooh. twice, Cologne, <laughs> Cologne, Germany. Yeah, that's where I'm yeah. from. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I that's... didn't even know that. See? <laughs> yeah. I've been there uh, twice. So that was my first time to Europe, 2009. And uh, we would stay for three months and we have this big bus and the team was like 13 14 of us and we would go on tour in europe for like three months a whole summer so then started in 2009 and the last tour i did was 2014. wow yes that's so mind-blowing to me because i'm like we started pretty at the same time i think at smith and like the fact that you were even in cologne in my home <laughs> It's so wild because I didn't know that. That's yeah. I, I'm like, oh, this is why I do this podcast because I want to know these yeah. kind of things about people. That's so crazy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So ooh, I didn't even know that you're from Cologne, Germany. That's yeah, so cool. I'm from Bonn, but it's like 20 minutes. Like in yeah. Cologne, that's where we would. They go have out good beers over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why. Started yeah. drinking and everything. <laughs> Jesus, that's why people go to party when they're like sixteen. <laughs> well, you were, you know, having like a real life. I was a well in Europe. Teenager. You could drink at no. the age of eighteen legally. Yeah, sixteen in Germany. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. In Cambodia, no age. Yeah. No, oh, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> you could go. Nobody cares. Okay, you want? Okay, fine. That's, that's I mean, you know, like some America, you got to be 21. Yeah, <laughs> they're wild over here. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that's crazy. Okay, so you were saying then you wanted to study abroad and you were looking for a sponsor and you were going to Wisconsin. Like, even there, I, I'm so curious about the detail of you being in Cambodia and thinking about the U.S. to study. Did you consider studying in Cambodia? And what was the moment where you were like, I want to study in the U.S.? I did study in Cambodia. So I finished high school in 2010 and I went to university for two, four years, for like three semesters, so a year and a half. But the problem was that because I was on tour every year and I only study on the weekend, so they have classes designed only for students who so busy you can go on the weekend. And I I couldn't, the program couldn't give me what I need. There's no good professor. There's no good uh, system and stuff. Like, for example, I do a research and I can just co copy and paste what I found on Wikipedia. Mm. And they, can't, they, don't, they don't even know and they still give me an A. Wow. So, you know, yeah. there's no intellectual challenges at the school that I went to. So after two semesters, I'm like, this is, I, I don't want to get a degree and not learning. I could get a degree from this place, but I'm not going to be learning anything. Hmm. You know, it's cheating, quote unquote. And so that's one factor. The other factor too, because I went on two all the time, so I miss a lot of classes. So they like, I don't think we can continue to do this. You have to be a full-time student or you have to be a full-time circus performer. You cannot do both. Which is so interesting because they really want that, but they don't care if you copy something. I know. <laughs> exactly. Bravo. <laughs> so then I, uh, I I, quit. I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing this. So then we came to America in 2000, 
fifteen, but I came to America in two thousand fourteen for the first time in my life. With yeah. whom? With the circus? Well, alone. Alone. Okay. Because, like you mentioned, my life journey is so big. It's mm-hmm. so long. And yes, it's interesting. So that's why there is a movie that I played in, mm-hmm. and I was one of the main characters representing young Cambodian um, generation after the genocide history of how we use art to change our life, how we use art to bring ourselves up from poverty and find a a, a goal to follow and be somebody. So I play in that movie. So the movie was launched in uh, this theater in Boston. So they, I, I, I was invited to came to America for three weeks. So that's when the first time I come to America, and they're like, "Wow, a lot of rich people here, mm. and they are so generous too. Maybe I could try to find somebody to help me to come study abroad, like to come study in America." And so that that, and then in 2015, my tour, my my circus team came on tour to the U.S. It was successful. I don't know if you know uh, the Ringling Brother, the Ringling Circus Brother in Florida. Mm-mm. That yeah, they they closed now, but they were um, the sponsor. They invited us to come and perform for them. Wow. So yeah, we we had a tour in the West Coast. We had a tour in Florida and D.C. It was a whole deal. Wow, that's. So interesting that you were here touring before you then were like, and you were like experiencing everything, and you were thinking, now I I possibly find somebody who can yeah. sponsor me. Yeah. Okay. And how was that process to f- like apply for a sponsor? And how did you find the family in Wisconsin? Then I met this person from Madison, Wisconsin. For privacy, I'm not going to mention his name. No, of course. Right. He's a white American, and um, he's. You know, he was in his 60 at the time, 2014, 15. So he reached out to me and he's like, I watched the documentary about your life oh. and you are so wonderful. And I would love to have you to get to America and study. So I'm like, oh, God has helped me. Buddha, thank you. So somebody is willing to help me. But I was so cautious about this person, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I, so we met in Cambodia twice and I told like my close friends, my in, in, in friend, like I've trust in America. About him, so then in 2015, when uh, when my team and I came on tour to the U.S., uh, there was like a, a week of break between the tour, so everyone was were in D.C. So then I'm like, okay, I have some time off. I'm gonna fly to Wisconsin to meet this guy to see how he lived. So my friend, my close friend Paul, who's in Boston, he went with me, and he Paul has known me since I was 18, mm-hmm. right? And then he went with me and we talked to the guy. It's Everything seemed perfect. Everything seemed like he's a good person. We can trust him. You can come and um, and live with him. So in 2016, I got my student visa. I resigned from my circus. It was the only job I had, you know. It was hard. I left my boyfriend at the time. And I left everything I knew in Cambodia wow. to come to study in the U.S. And then I lived with him for four years, uh, for four months, sorry, for four months. And then it was a nightmare. Basically, they changed their heart. He and his wife were going through a divorce. Oh, and yeah. she said that he's cheating on her. And then there's some issue in the story. And I, it was like a weird environment where sometimes there's no food to eat and at home. So I, and I don't know where they were. And there's this, this rule where I need to be home before the sunset. And it windows it was summer. I like I had to be home home like at eight o'clock at the latest. And uh, I was twenty five at the time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I have them clean the house and move the lawn and stuff. But it's 
so they changed their heart and they wanted to send me back to Cambodia <gasps> after four months. Wow. It was a nightmare and uh, I was crying and I called my my, fam, my my two fans in D.C., Contrary Netman, who's become my parents, kind of parent figures in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I was on a FaceTime with them and they were shouting through the phone to the guy and the guy threatening to call immigration police if I don't leave. And I know my law. I'm like, I'm legally here because I finished school. I'm on a legit visa. I could be here for two months without going to school because it is a break time. So they like, if you call the police, we're going to find a lawyer and we're going to bring you to court. So I ran away from his home after that. And I was crying and it was scary. Wow. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, whew, there's, I mean... The fact that they're, like, threatening you after they, like, invited you to their home from Cambodia, it's not like they're inviting somebody from, like, a country where you can easily go back to, you know. And come back here. Even then, that's shitty. But, like, in your situation, that's unbelievable. And I can't even imagine how scary that must have been being in a country. And, I I mean, I have no idea how Wisconsin is, but it's not very urban, probably. (laughs) So you're pretty much stuck. The fun fact is that in the midst of the chaos, I used Uber for the first time and it was for free. <laughs> what do you mean? It was for free? Do you not know Uber? Okay, when you install Uber app, yeah. and it's, it's your first time that oh. you call Uber, mm-hmm. you got a free ride. So that was my free ride from Uber. From his house? <laughs> from his house back to the city. <laughs> wow. I feel like Uber should make a little commercial with you and give yeah. you some money for that story. <laughs> Wow. That was so funny. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the worst part was I came back with two police officers a couple of days later to take out all my belongings because that's how scared I was. And you know what I love about America is I'm grateful because, you know, there's stories of like racism that is so true. People who like immigrant and stuff in some places of the U.S., they they would be so biased and they won't even look look to you, you'll believe you. But in my case, I was lucky because I uh, Paul's friend in Paul's in law family in Wisconsin. So I went to them, Madison, Wisconsin, and then they called the police and the police came to their home eh? and they believed me. Mm. They believed that I you know, I'm in danger and that I'm legal here and everything. They're not immigration police, but they believe me and you know, some I don't know, I was lucky to to like have people who have me because like I know that there's people who like similar in a similar situation like me and they would not have a chance because of the skin color, because of, mm-hmm. you know, what they look like. And they would be sent back home. But in my case, it was like they came and they listened to my story and then they sent two police officers to go to the home with me, protect me. And then they wish me luck. Like one of the guy, the police officer was so handsome. <laughs> I think I think maybe <laughs> that's almost like, oh, that's I know. a good situation. Maybe here. that's why I'm like, I only love white guys. Oh. I don't know maybe because part of the story of like this guy like the police officer is like he was so cute and he was like so gentle and listened to me and he's like after everything he said goodbye he's like you know what I wish you all the best with your school and you will do well Aww. and I'm like thank you so, so you think that's why you like white guys? yeah which is interesting because the guy who kicked you out was also white right? <laughs> so what a paradox there. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so cool so that you still think about this police officer and have like a positive um memory yeah because he really helped you in that moment wow 
So and that's a story. I, I mean, that's a story. <laughs> How there's the next movie. <laughs> just from there, let's just continue. Oh man! And then, what university were you at? And could you finish studying at that? So university? I was in ESL program. Okay. I was at the Madison English as a Second Language School. Mm-hmm. So I was supposed to start at a community college in Madison, Wisconsin, but then that the issue happened. So Admin Legafier, who's now my mentor and my host fam, my host dad, he, he flew to Wisconsin and he drove drove me back to DC, fourteen hour drive. Wow! Yeah, and that's yeah, what a was, good heart. What a great moment because you have somebody who's so. You know, you could really lose faith in people yeah. and the good-heartedness, and yeah. then at the same time, where somebody is so horrible, there's somebody else who's so great and like yeah. does so many things yeah. for you. So Edmund and Kuntari, they married. They are the most amazing couples ever that I've known, and they are like my living God. Like, no, God is the wrong word. Angels, mm-hmm. like who who come and help me. Yeah, just like you know, we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna help you. So this is what they did. So he drove me back to D.C. and they brought me to their home. They show me my bedroom, and they like you can live here. We give you food, but you have to figure out how to pay, how to pay for your school at Community College at Montgomery College and in Maryland. So then I I have to start over. We. Uh, You know, they gave me a few days to be depressed, and I was really depressed. I was sleep in a lot, and I cry, and I was confused, and I'm like, should I go back or should I try to go to school here? You know, at the time, I have a choice to go back and be a circus artist again and go back to my my ex boyfriend at the time, but you know, someone I dated for four years, or I can just keep going mm-hmm. and try to make it work here. So I choose the the other plan, which is to to try to make it work. So, damn, I'm like <laughs> I'm so impressed. You have no Thank idea. You. That's that's very very impressive. Yeah. I think I'm gonna remember that in low moments and think. You have a choice in life. You have yeah. a choice. Yeah, but that's my super impressive. I would never made it here without Contrary Netman, and without the community that I have in in Maryland in mm-hmm. the in DMV area. Because Kentucky Netman gave me food and a house to stay, and allow me to live as a American daughters. Mm-hmm. In my, you know, in my experience, I'm free to do whatever I want as long as I take responsibility for my actions. And then there's people who give money to because I have a website. So my friend in Boston helping me with some money and people who uh, give me money every year so I can pay everything at Montgomery College and finish my associate degree. So now I'm at Smith. I'm about to finish. And since I got into Smith, I don't ask for money. I don't raise money anymore because Smith gave me a full scholarship. Yeah. So I'm I'm able to live a, with food and financial security at Smith without doing any fundraising. Yeah. And that is a an amazing feeling. So I don't need to worry about it. dumb. I, I I don't need to worry about money and food. I just go to school and be a student. <laughs> So, yeah. That's amazing. When you were at the community college, um, when you were transferring to a four-year school, did you always think about Smith? Like, who was the person who introduced you to Smith? Or was it just how, you, like, you found it while you were searching for schools? It it was hard. I don't know if you 
I think you might have the same, you know, experience, similar experience of like as an international student.、Mm-hmm. It's not easy to find a full scholarship.、No. Not a lot of school, not a lot of school give you full scholarship. If anything, international student give money to the school here. Because、yeah. we pay more than public school, we pay more than、uh, Americans. But private school, we pay well. International student will pay the same price. But I have never heard about Smith. But I know that there are private schools that. Uh, willing to give full escape, full scholarship for need best scholarship. So then there is this person, Dr. Laf.、Uh, she's a transfer advisor at Montgomery College. She's really tough. She's like a tough mom, but she has a big heart. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you need a tough mom and、yeah. a woman like that. Yeah. <laughs> so she had me with my transfer application, and.、Uh, She she's really tough. This lady, like I remember, <laughs> this is one time I came to her and I gave her my third draft、uh, yeah. personal statement, and she's like, "That's why you are B student. You cannot write." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, Poonam!" <laughs> and then she would go on and on and on and make me feel so shitty. But then she's like, "Okay, now we got enough to work together, and you're gonna do great." But she would like kind of punch me in the face, literally、yeah. first like with her words, and then before I walk out from her her,、um, her office, she could she would give me a hug and she's like, "You're gonna be okay.、Mm. You're gonna do great, and you're gonna get into Smith." So if I call her a tough mom, um, I, mean, I would call her that. <laughs> that's <laughs> thanks. That's not what I needed to hear right now.、Yeah. Or、oh, maybe I did.、Um, oh man, I'm like. I only have a few B on my transcript. I'm not a B student, but B is okay, right? Yeah, of <laughs> course. I mean, that's such a Smith thing. Like seeing Bs as like, oh no, that's not a good thing. Yeah, but that's definitely how I found、yeah. Smith too, because international students, it's so hard to find funding. Yeah, and there are various select few programs where you can apply to and be fully covered. I love international students. Yeah, and yeah. Smith and Ed. MC too. I just feel like international students are really brave to leave their family and everyone and just go for their dream and be here in a country where you don't know anyone. I just I love international students. That's my community. Like Ada, Esmer, I have the Ada community and then international student communities. No, I totally. I think I love the mix of it because of your. Fascinating story as an Ada, but also an international student. But international students in general have just interesting stories because they are already from a different country and like their reasons for leaving. Yeah. Wow. They、um, work hard. Yeah, I mean, in general, I think Smith students are working hard. This is a tough school. Everyone is so focused. Like, if you come to the library any days. You'll see somebody always doing something,、mm-hmm. always studying. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. When I left the library yesterday, there were still people here, and then I walked outside, and it's like there was like a little announcement: Nielsen Library is closing. I was like, oh, I never heard that before. <laughs> I wasn't here that long. <laughs>、um, they、no. close at nine on Friday and Saturday、That's, because they、yeah. want people to have fun. But some people would go to the alumni gym and just stay there because it's open twenty four seven. So they close it to have. People, so people have fun. That's the reasoning for it. Yeah, but that's why Nelson closed. I work at Nelson too.、Yeah. I'm a student assistant here. They close on Friday and Saturday at nine p.m. because they want students to take a break and、mm-hmm. go out and do some fun thing. However, they give you an op- they have the option of alumni gym for twenty four seven. No, if you really want to study on a weekend too, that then go. But I think the fact that they close early on Friday and Saturday is 
to encourage students to have fun. That's good. I think. I mean, I'm yeah. all for that. You know that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, come on. You need a little break. <laughs> I'm the first one to encourage that. So, do you because you as an international Ada, you already have two communities. You have the Ada program. You have international communities and uh, international students, and a lot of them are traditional students. How do you feel in your classes then with a third community that are just traditional students? How do you felt like coming here and getting adjusted to classrooms where they're mostly traditional students and just like that little transition? Um, you know, I off the bat, I cannot relate to a lot of young folks, especially you know white folks. Mm -hmm. You know, which is very normal in my experience because I don't grow up here. Of I don't. Course, yeah. They're not my culture and stuff. So. That that's gonna be like some. I I love traditional students at Smith, and most of my classes are traditional students. They are very smart. They are very like on the point. They like very energetic, and they like I want to change. I want to do this. They're very optimistic about the future. So I I really admire them, and they work really hard. But um, there's certain thing that I cannot relate when, you know, like because. <laughs> I have a life already, and I know that the world is not as easy as you think it would be. So I would listen to, you know, what they're trying to do and stuff. And in my mind, like, I just wish you the best. And I hope that when you go out to the world, you won't be, it won't be too hot for you. Yeah. You won't be too disappointed of how hot it is. But I don't, I don't, I don't really hang out with uh, traditional, traditional students. Student. I hang out with a lot of uh, Adas and international student who also traditional student but we have the f1 struggle yes. that we're bonding with yes yeah tell me a little bit more about that struggle <laughs> well tell the listeners more about that struggle because i'm very well aware of it yeah myself. i mean f1 is very restraining we um if you're not in the stem major and then your opt which is optional practical training you can only do it for one year. Mm -hmm. Optional practical training. The OPT visa is something that you get after you graduate yeah. for one year yeah. to work in the field of study that you majored in. Yeah. Just as a little explanation for people. Because yeah. that's how I talk to when I talk to new people. I'm like, yeah, the OPT. And they're like, the what? I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's a visa. Yeah. So. And so it's it's very, uh, for me, I'm tired to explain to people what yeah. it is. So that's why like when I... When like I talk to people who are not familiar, it, and it's not their fault. No, it just they don't not. know, right? But it's just like, I don't, I don't feel like to explain. Feel like I need to explain everything, you know, one by one. So with international students, we know each other, you know, we support each other, and just like the other day, I got a an interview with Radio Free Asia, and then I told two of the international students who also traditional age student I'm like I got an interview and they just scream and like supporting me they're like good luck and you know and then we see each other again they're like how it go and then we you know share all that news so but the fact that we got interviews by somebody it it's like a really good sign it's like something to celebrate yes yeah because not everyone has their capacity to um sponsor international student to work for them yeah And yeah. I think what a lot of people don't realize, maybe because they just overread certain applications, but I've been applying, obviously, to a lot of things, too, because I'm graduating. And everywhere that I'm applying to, they're asking, like, do you need sponsorship now or in the future in every application? And every time I, like, see it, I think, like, 
I'm at a disadvantage clicking yeah. this. Yeah. And the moment I click this, they're not going to invite me. So the moment you get an interview, yeah. you're like, yes, yeah. they, because, they want me maybe. Yeah. You know? Because the first year of OPT, Smith is, is our sponsor. Mm-hmm. But when after one year, if you're not in the STEM major, after one year, if the company want to, wants to um, h- hire you, they have to give you H1B1. H1B1 is like, a pool, you know. I don't know if you know about this, but like, when you come submit application, it's like a lottery. Yeah. Only a certain number a year that the U.S. immigration office allow a company to sponsor H one B one visa. So there's a chance for you to not get it, even though the company willing to sponsor you. Even if they really want you, they yeah. have to throw you in a lottery pool, and yeah. then it's just based on luck, which mm-hmm. is insane. And I think, yeah, that's why I love talking to you, obviously, because and other international students, because they understand this kind of like heaviness that we have once we, before we graduate, even because we're so worried about the status and everybody has their own reasons for being worried for the status and why they, their motivation for being in the US, but it's just a shared experience of like, stuff like that, like a lottery is deciding over my life right yeah. now and you have yeah. to plan ahead of time you have to be smart with your planning you have to be really organized with your paperwork um, <laughs> you forget one thing you are that's it that, you're messed up they send you back yeah they send you back everything if you forget one thing I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no fun it's no fun I had yeah I'm I gonna s- yeah I'm gonna apply for my OPT on November 15 nice up to uh, my LSAT test Oh, man. Oh, my LSAT is on the 12th. Wish me luck. Uh, of course. I have so much <laughs> respect for you. I mean, you. from everything that you just talked about, like the way that you learned English and then your tough lady at the community college is like, Punam, you cannot write. And now you're taking the LSAT. It's like you've come such a long way. <laughs> it's been a long way. And I know you got this because, you know, you're very hardworking. So I'm... I have no doubt. The <laughs> moment you told me Elsa's, I was like, you'll, Thank you. you'll manage. You'll I might manage. have to take it again, though. That's okay. It's okay, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Imagine I would say no. <laughs> like someone who then you're going to be a it. tough friend. Yeah. I'm the tough friend in <laughs> the community. Um, yeah, America has been, it's been great. It's been a journey. I... Um, I don't, you didn't ask, but I, I wouldn't want to live here after law school. I want to move back. Yeah. To Cambodia? Yeah. Wow. I, I, um, I want to, you know, finish law school and have an American law degree and work for the UN in Thailand. They have a headquarter in Thailand. Mm-hmm. So that's my dream. I want to work for a headquarter UN in Thailand so I can be in Asia and closer to home. Wow. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I think that's like a tricky question to ask. I'm glad that you said that because <laughs> yeah. I know that's stressful sometimes for people. But yeah, I, I mean, I have no doubt. You, <laughs> If that's your dream, you're going to manage and do that. But And life in Asia is so much more relaxing. <laughs> yeah, so much more relaxing for real. Food is also better because, you know, I'm Cambodian. I buy, buy us with food, but I could eat Asian food every single day, no problem. Me too. <laughs> I love Asian food, but I've actually never been to Asia. So oh, you gotta come. I really want to. Well, course. you can come up to um, I settle down, so you have <laughs> yes. a friend in Bangkok. Uh, so who's yeah. in the UN, of yeah. course. And work in the UN, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There was so much in here already. Yeah, this is a long story. I hope you have I love it. some That's fun time to cut something off and put something in. 
don't know. No, I mean, I'm I'm overwhelmed, honestly. Like, I'm speechless by everything that you told me. Thank you. Which is probably not good for a podcast host. <laughs> Just, like, stop being overwhelmed. Um, so, okay, I have two more questions, I think, that are a little okay. bit connected to what I asked other people. What do you think is something in your life in your I don't want to say just your 20s because I'm 31 now yeah you don't you don't look it and even if you did it would be great yeah um, what is something in your life that you have learned that really helps you now being in college and being successful in college hmm I've learned that what you're saying is gonna be so bad it's still not as bad as you think it would be. There's mm. something I learned. And also, like, you have a choice. When you find yourself in a difficult situation, you could choose to be so sad and feel miserable and feel so sad and not doing anything. Or you can sit down and write and see if you have other option that you can choose. So you have a choice to go do something and make it better or to just sit here and feel sad yeah yeah i love that um and also a little bit more specific to smith because you're graduating in december what is something that you're still looking forward to during your time at smith oh man there's so many things i want to do it's mad um i want to <laughs> go rock climbing yeah. for a couple more times and uh, I want to walk around botanical gardens for a few more time before I I graduate in December. And uh, I want to host a dinner for my Ada friends, people that I'm usually hang out with for at least one more time before I move out from Northampton. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And is there something that you think, because I think one big idea for me to making this podcast is mean to bring the community of Ada's together who are listening but also traditional students so is there something specific that you would think is important that traditional traditional students know about the Ada community um Ada's are very cool <laughs> they they are they can be very private sometimes some of us have a private but I just want international students to know that um all of us are working really hard and we all are trying to to just um go out there and get a job <laughs> and be happy after we finish mid <laughs> sure. that's a, yeah that's a fact I, I could ask questions for two more hours obviously <laughs> yeah, but i don't yeah. want to like you know go into depth more i think that was a beautiful small little window into your life and your journey so thank you so much for You're being welcome. here it's so much yeah. fun and if anyone want to watch that movie that I play and just reach out to me and then I'll send you the link <laughs> please I can put that like underneath the description <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a link to the movie yeah okay. where was it distrib- uh, distributed oh uh, it's, it's called Uncle Children so you have to go to the director website and you pay $10 and then you watch it Oh, okay. and the money goes to her um her organized her nonprofit place where she she would make film about people's story and stuff. So it to go back to making film. I think you should connect with her. Maybe yeah. you could be interning or something with her. Yeah, 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 definitely. She's gonna be here next weekend. So cool. Yeah, I'm here not next weekend. I, I 
It's Every- family weekend. I know. I'm not here. Oh, never mind. I always leave for family weekend. That's good. No, I, I literally I leave and I don't even know it's family weekend. But <laughs> I'm not here. Oh, man, that sucks. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that I just learned about you, that you were in a film, too, and, like, this whole part of your life and you toured the U.S. before even moving here is really, really fascinating. And f- for me, as an international student, I think sometimes, like, I'm in a position where I'm like, Oh, this is all so hard, you know, like the paperwork and just oh, yeah. the stress of it. And like your story is a great reminder Thank that you. it can always be more stressful. Yeah. And, you know, you can work yourself through it. That's and I think your passport is powerful, yeah. it's at least more powerful than mine. Mm. Yeah. But maybe not in Asia. Yeah. I My I, passport is good in Asia, but not in the U.S. <laughs> or, or yeah. So yeah, give and take. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea to what is powerful or not with passports, but wow! Thank you, Anne. Where, what are you me. doing now? Where are you? I'm gonna order um snack from uh, Compass. They have this fancy cake and a cup of coffee. Okay, I want some fancy cake. Yeah, you need to order right away at two p.m. Otherwise, it's gonna be like this gone. I know it's like the sushi so, lunch. Yeah. Four more minutes, and then I'll... (laughs) (laughs) This is great timing to stop the podcast. Um, Okay, we're logging out because we got to get some cake. Thank you for listening. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.